Rambam Mishnah Torah, Hilchei Shechita, the laws of ritual slaughter, Perek Shlishi, Chapter 3, Chamisha Dvorim Mafsidin Es Hashchita. There are five factors, five things which disqualify Shechita, which make a Shechita, ritual slaughter, not kosher. Five no-nos. Five things to watch out for. Very famous. The Iker Hilche Shechita and the mainstay of the laws of Shechita, Lehizoer, is to be meticulously careful. Bechol Achas Mehen, not to do the five big no-nos. The Eluhain, what are these five things? The first one is Shehiya. The best word in English for Shehiya is delay or pausing, as we will learn. You got to do it. Don't stop in the middle. That's Shehiya. The second is Drosa, pressing. As we learned, we have to go back and forth, not down, not chopping. And Drosa is pressing. Chaloda is digging. And we're going to define all these things at great length. Digging the knife into the animal. Hagroma is slipping. The ikur is tearing or uprooting. And now very slowly and very painstakingly we're going to go through definitions of all five of these. Base two. Shehiya Ketzad, what is the definition of delay or pausing? And I want to begin by explaining the issue of pausing, of Shia, in saying the following, that practically speaking, if the Sholchet is shechting and he pauses and resumes, that's not kosher anymore. That's the practical. So the shochan has to train himself not to pause. And there are many reasons why one would pause. Because the animal moves or somebody jumped or somebody came or I don't know what. The Rambam will tell you that the real definition of pausing according to the Rambam is if you pause more than a certain amount of time. But practically speaking, it is my understanding that any pausing invalidates shrita. That's a little bit of an introduction. If the Shochet began to shecht, the ritual slaughterer began to slaughter. And he lifted up his hand before he finished the shechita, and he simply paused. Whether this was inadvertently, or intentionally, or it was an accident, it was an earthquake. I mean, who knows? And then he resumed the movement of Shechita. Or somebody else resumed the movement of Shechita. And completed the Shechita. This pause is a problem. Now, according to the Rambam, as he will explain, there is a time limit in pausing. 
what is considered pausing according to the Rambam here enough time that we assume that the animal was down when it was being slaughtered enough time for him to pick up the animal and put it down again and resume the slaughter if it took that much time if his pause took that long then it's invalid the whole shita is invalid but if he waited less than that it's still a kosher slaughter a kosher shita that's the Rambam's definition here Gimel that is with a cow or an ox but what if it was a smaller animal like a goat or a sheep or a lamb she or she also the measure of time of pausing is picking up and laying back down a small animal and if it was a large animal is as long as you'll be able to pick it up and put it down and shechte which means it depends on the size of the animal that's the time that we give for shehia to lift up and put back down and shecht. What about birds? The measure of the pause for birds is the same as the small animal, as the sheep or the goat. What if he paused slightly? And then he resumed and paused slightly again, and then he resumed. And again he paused, and again he paused. And ultimately, somehow, he managed to complete a kosher shkita. It's interesting how this could be kosher because of all those pauses. But it was. And all of these pauses. Each individual pause did not exceed the time. But if you add up all of them, it will exceed that time limit. Now we're in doubt as to whether this is an invalid shita, which would make it a nevela. The word nevela means a dead carcass. If an animal is dead and it's not ritually slaughtered, then it died on its own. Then it's not a kosher dead. That's called nevela. So it's not kosher. The chenim shaw, or if he waited, kadesh yagbiyana biyabitzeno, in order that he should pick it up and put it back down, or kadesh yishchad kamei miyotasim onim belvad, and in order that he should be able to slaughter only some of these signs that have to be cut, like kadesh chita gemura. So he waited. It's a long time, but not long enough. Harezu sapik nevel. Again, we're in doubt as to whether this is kosher or the animal is just a dead animal. Now, we have established, and we will establish, and we've talked about this earlier, that there are two simonim, two signs, two parts of the animal and bird that have to be cut through. And they are the trachea and the esophagus. That, those are the two parts that have to be cut through. Now, just by way of introduction, when it comes to a bird, if he cuts the majority of one of the two, it's kosher, technically. With an animal, he has to cut the majority of both of them in order for it to be kosher. And we learned about majority means 
over 50 percent. 50 point something percent, that's majority of cutting these signs. Now he goes on to say, If he slaughtered the greater part of one sign in a bird, which, as I just said, makes it kosher, or the greater part of both signs in an animal, so in that case, and follow this, because it's interesting, it's technical. Once you do the minimum that makes it kosher, what you do afterwards doesn't matter. Because it's already kosher. So, even though after that kosher minimum, he waited a half a day, even a half a day, a long time, and then he finished cutting the windpipe and the gullet, or the trachea and the esophagus, this is kosher. Why is it kosher? He waited a half a day. It's kosher because it was kosher before. Because earlier the minimum was cut through. Then the fact that he comes back a half a day later and cuts, it's like a butcher comes and cuts. The shechita is done because the minimum has been accomplished. If in the windpipe, the trachea, he cuts half or less, and then he waits a substantial amount of time. Now let me just give you a little bit of a hint. What we're going to be learning is that the trachea could sustain a cut and still the animal is considered shechtable and kosher. The fact that the trachea has a cut doesn't make the animal treif. How much of a cut? Less than half. Half or less than half. And therefore if the trachea was cut half or less and then he waited and then he went back we make believe that the shechita began later that's what we're about to say now if he slaughtered in the corner which is the windpipe the trachea half or less and then he waited a long time much longer then what the time limit we said, he can go back and complete the shkita, no problem. Again, why? Because the first thing he did does not invalidate the animal, and later when he comes back and completes it, it's like he's starting all over again. If he slaughtered the majority of the windpipe, that's majority, or in the veshet, in the gullet, or the esophagus, he nicked or punctured even a little bit. So again, unlike the trachea and the esophagus, you can't even puncture it a little bit. And if you do, it's not kosher. Veshaw kashir, and then he waited. Whether he went and completed the cut that he began or moved up or down an inch and started a new cut this is not kosher why is it not kosher 
because an animal or a bird, when most of the kona, most of the windpipe is cut, or the veshet is punctured, the esophagus is punctured, even a little bit, this is considered treif. And shechita will not help, because these acts have caused it to be unkosher. And therefore, being that more than half of the trachea has been cut and the rest of the shechita has not been done, then the animal is not kosher. Being that the esophagus is punctured, the animal is not kosher. What you do later doesn't really matter because you're doing to a non-kosher animal. Zayin, hinein is we've explained. She'ein shehiya bakona ba'ev klal. We can conclude now that in the case of a bird, of a fowl, there is not the whole category one of pausing. Why? Remember we said that a bird is different than an animal. A bird, you have to cut most of one of the two signs. Either one or the other. I mean, obviously, to begin with, you should cut both. But we're talking about what if you didn't. Because if he slaughtered the majority, if he slaughtered most of the windpipe, and then he paused, we just finished saying that slaughtering most of one sign makes it a kosher shkita, so it's done. Whatever you do later is butchering. And when he comes back and finishes it, he's just cutting meat. And if he just cut less than half of the windpipe and then he waited, we said less than half does not make it trave. Then he can come back and do it anytime he wants to. Because it doesn't become a nevela dead carcass until most of the windpipe is cut. So either way he's safe. If he cut 51% of it, it's kosher. If he cut 49% of it, it's not unkosher, and he can start a whole shritra again later. Therefore, in the case of a bird, he's good either way, and the whole issue of pausing and waiting doesn't exist. Ches. What if he slaughtered a fowl and he waited? And he's not sure if he punctured the esophagus or not. And we learned earlier that puncturing the esophagus is a problem, makes it rave. He goes back and he slaughters it from a different point in the neck. And he leaves it almost until it dies. And then he can inspect the esophagus internally. If there was no drop of blood internally, he knows he didn't puncture. So retroactively, through the inspection, he can determine whether the first puncture was a puncture or not. Because if it is a puncture, it's not kosher. So that's number one. That's no-no number one, shihiyah or pausing. Now we come to 
Problem number two in Shechito, and that is Drosso, pressing. No, I'm sorry. The Rambam now deals with Chalodo, which is number three, actually. Chalodo Ketzad, what is the definition of Chalodo? And he brings down here in the note that the Gemara states that the word Chalodo comes from the source, root source of Chulda, which means a weasel, an animal that hides in the foundation of homes. So Chalodo involves hiding the knife when slaughtering it, meaning inserting it in a way that the blade is not open to the eye. Implied is that the proper way to slaughter is for the shochet to hold the animal or the bird with its neck upward and to draw the knife back and forth across the neck. Chalodo is inserting the knife between the signs and there's actually a picture of Chalodo which shows A, the windpipe and B, the gullet inserting the knife between the two, let's learn. Chaloda Kate said, what is Chaloda? Which is digging. For example, he inserted the knife between one sign and the other, between the esophagus and the trachea. Whether he then slits the upper sign upward, or he slits the lower sign downward, which is the preferred way of shechita, it's not kosher because he inserted the knife before he cut either of the signs. So what you have to do is begin from the outside of the neck, not dig in and then begin inside. Yud what if he inserted the knife beneath the animal's skin? He did a precision surgical insertion. And he cut both signs as he should. Or another scenario here is he slipped the knife under a bunch of knotted wool on a sheep. There's a bunch of knotted wool. He slips the knife in under the wool. Again, hiding the knife. Or he spread a cloth or a bandage over the neck and did his shechita under the cloth. In any event, it's not visible. The knife is not visible. Being that the knife is not visible, this is again a doubtful situation of Something being an avela, a dead carcass which dies without shechita. So also, if he slaughtered less than 50% of these signs with this process, and then he finished by starting again from the outside. Again, we're in doubt as to whether it's kosher or not. Yudalaf 11. Now he comes to. Drosso or Drisa, the, the one that the Rambam enumerated second, which means pressing. And it's very simple, as we said earlier, the Shochet has to move his hand, watch my hand please, back and forth, forth and back, not chopping. 
Drosha means pressing down or chopping. Ketzad, how does that work? He simply took and chopped with the knife on the neck like somebody would do with a sword. And he just severed the trachea and the esophagus all in one blow. But there was no back and forth movement. Or he placed the earlier we talked about chopping. You hold your hand up and you come down. Now he says you place the knife on the neck and then you just put intense pressure if the knife is sharp enough you could just keep pushing. Like somebody would cut a radish, a squash, cucumbers. He keeps pressing until he cuts the two signs of the esophagus and the trachea. This is exactly what we mean. This is drosa, this is pressing, and it's not kosher. Shechita means back and forth, not chopping and not pressing. Moving right along the list which the Rambam gave, hagromo, number four. The word hagromo which could be translated as slipping. If somebody slaughters shechts in the windpipe high up where it's not fit to slaughter. We talked about earlier that in the windpipe there's a place where it is fit to slaughter. Too high or too low is no good. There is a picture here of Hagromo. They're like two nodes, like kernels of wheat, at the top of the rings. In general, the kone, the windpipe, the trachea has rings. And look at this picture. You'll see it's ring-like. So at the top, there are two nodes, wheat-like nodes. If he slaughtered into those nodes, if there's anything left above the knife, it's still kosher. Because we, he cut from what we talked about earlier, is the cap. There's like a cap or hat-like area. So he did beneath that. Therefore, it's kosher, because that's where you're supposed to shecht. But if there was nothing left of those nodes going up, he did it at the height, at the top maximum area. Then this is hagroma, and it is unacceptable, meaning it's too high, it's the wrong place. He slipped away into the wrong place. Yud If he shechted, if he cut the majority of one of the signs for a bird, or the majority of both signs for an animal, and then he completed the slaughter through one of these inappropriate processes, either drosa, pressure, 
or agrom or slipping at Ezukshita once he already completed a kosher shkita. We're not concerned, it's kosher. Sharei nishchat ashir karoi, because the minimum was slaughtered properly. Higrim batchiloshlish, if he slit a third of the windpipe through Hagrama Bishokhat Shneshlishim and then he cut two thirds. Harezukshira, it's kosher, because the first third did not invalidate it. Shachat Shlish, if he cut a third, and then he did inappropriately cut a third. And then he did it the last third in the kosher way, it's kosher. Higrim Shlish, if he did agroma with a third, and then he shechted a third. And he did agroma on the last third, so two thirds are agroma. Harezukshul, it's possible. And if he did whether in the first third or the last third, it is unfit. And here again, there's a diagram of hagroma and hagroma of a third of the windpipe. Yudalit. Now comes the last one, ikur, which we could say is uprooting or tearing. Ikur Ketzad, how does Ikur work? The gullet, which is the esophagus, or the windpipe, were displaced. And sometimes, just through the normal movement of the animal, the sign, the gullet, or the, tra the, the, the trachea, or the esophagus, will move out of place. So that is ikur, moving, uprooting, where the sign is torn and placed out of place. So that's called ikur. So that is kedem she gomar ashkita. Before the shkita was complete. But even if one of the signs were cut with a bird or the majority, and then the second one was moved, it's kosher, because with a bird we said the only the majority of one is required for a minimum kosher. Tesvav 15, Nishmat Echad Mehen, what if one of them slipped away? And then he slaughtered the second one, Shkita his Shkita is not kosher. Shachat Echad Mehen, if he slaughtered one of them. And the second sign moved, we're not sure if it moved before the process or after, we're in doubt. What if the slaughtered sign slipped? Because we're sure it was moved after the shkita. Because had it moved before the shkita, it would have hung loose and it would have been impossible to shecht. It's only possible to shecht it when it's sitting in place. When does that apply? If he didn't hold the signs in his hand, but if he held them, it's possible for him to slaughter after it moved. If it was found moved after he slaughtered, it's in doubt as to whether it's kosher or not. 
Yudches, the Rambam gives a ruling and says, Whenever we say in the context of Shkita Psula, it's invalid or unfit, what do we mean unfit? It's absolutely unkosher, like a dead carcass. Even if he ate an olive's worth, a volume of an olive from it, under the conditions which are appropriate with witnesses warning and watching, he can get lashes for eating a dead carcass. There's only one thing that takes an animal out of a situation of nevela, which is a forbidden dead carcass, that is, if it died through shechita, as Moshe, our teacher of blessed memory, <coughs> may he rest in peace, commanded, as we explain, if we're unsure of whether the shechita was a good shechita or not, then we're unsure as to whether this is a plain dead carcass or not. And therefore, if somebody eats from it, it's forbidden to do so, but if he does, being that we're unsure, you can't have the biblical ashes under the best conditions. Makanese, makasmart is the only thing that can apply <coughs> under the right conditions are rabbinical lashes. You test 19, Moving right along into the laws of non-kosher trefes, if the animal had its thigh dislocated with the meat and the hollow, where it appears lacking that part when it crouches down. It's considered an avela. It's like it was cut in half and made into two bodies. doesn't help if the thigh and the hollow of the thigh were removed. So also, if the neck was broken, or the backbone was broken, together with the majority of the meat, or its back was ripped open like a fish, or the greater part of the windpipe was severed, or the trachea was punctured, or the esophagus, rather, was punctured even a tiny bit in the shechita area then this is already considered a dead carcass during the lifetime of the animal it might as well be dead doesn't help this applies to animal and fowl you should know that the gullet has two skins. Hachitzein odem, the external one is red, vapnimi lovan, and the internal one is white. Nikabo echad mehembovat, we said that if it's punctured, it's not kosher. What if one of those skins, membranes, was punctured only? Sheira, it's kosher. But if both of them are punctured anywhere in the shechita area, it's an avela. It's not kosher. Whether subsequently the shechita, the slaughtering, was done in that area or in a different area, but once there's a puncture through both membranes, it makes it not shechtable. Even if they're punctured and they're not, the, 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 the punctures are not lined up one with the other, but one membrane is punctured in one area and the other one is moved over slightly. What if the gullet was preparated and then some scab grew 
like the skin healed itself, Ustomay enclosed it, Ein Hakrum Klum. Then the fact that it grew scar tissue doesn't help it. Scar tissue doesn't make the puncture all, all better. And it's considered punctured. What if there's a thorn in the veshet? Now a thorn could ruin your whole day. Then maybe or may be not, it's an avela, a dead carcass. Why? Perhaps it was punctured. Perhaps the esophagus was punctured. And scar tissue came, and repaired the puncture. It's not visible now. That is if it was in the width of the esophagus. But if it was lengthwise, we're not worried. Because wild animals who grow up in the wild are always swallowing thorns. <coughs> and the, the esophagus knows how to bring them down. <coughs> and it doesn't get punctured. So we have two conditions here that have to prevail. Condition number one, it has to be found has to be located lengthwise in the esophagus. Condition number two is it has to be a wild, an animal that's in the wild, not an animal that's fed in a barn. Because an animal that's fed in the barn doesn't get too many thorns. Gets a lot of packaged pet food. Chavbeis veshet ein lebedika mi The esophagus can't really be inspected externally, only internally. So how do we do that? After the animal is dead. He turns it inside out and he checks it. If there was a, even a drop of blood, it means it was punctured. Punctured is not good. When the majority of the gargeres, that is the cavity of the windpipe, was cut in a place where the shechita should take place, this is considered a dead carcass. So also, if it was punctured. The size of an isur, of an isur, and an Iser, known as Iser Ha'italki, an Italian coin, was frequently used in the Talmudic era, and it's the weight of four barley corns. So what if that was the size of the cut? Nikvon Nikovim Ktanim or many small punctures in Nikovim Shembam Khsorunheim Mistarpalaruba. If these preparations combine into a large enough area. I'm sorry, where are we here? In the Kovim Shembam Khsorunheim, if they don't have meek missing Mistarpalaruba, then it adds up. But if there is actually pieces missing, we start from the Kiesar, then we see if it adds up to the size of the Yisar. So also, if it's a strip that was taken, it also adds up to the Yisar size. And in a bird, A 
if you fold up the strand and or, or the holes and you place them in the part which is missing and you place them over it if it can wind around the majority of it, then it's, if it's that size, it's considered a dead carcass. But if it's smaller than that, it is kosher. If the windpipe was perforated on both sides with a hole, with an iser, large enough for an iser to be placed into it, Nevela, it's considered a dead carcass. Nizdikal orcha, if it was cut in its length, I feel time and Amakamara, even if there's only a little tiny bit in the Shkita area left, Omashu Lamaila up above, Omashu Lamata, and below the cut, Shayra, it's kosher. Chaphei, Gargeda Shenikvo, when the windpipe has been perforated, then you're doing kedem shkita nikva yachas shkita nikva. You're not sure if what happened before the slaughtering or after. Nekven eisahata b'mkei macher. You prepare it now after the shkita in another place. Or medamin anekev lenekev, and you compare the two. In nidmelay, if it looks similar muteras, then it's kosher, because it means it was done after the shkita. Vein medamin ela mechuyil gedel lechuyil gedel, but it has to be a similar. Cut a mctana lacana. Yeah, go from a large area to a large area, a small area to a small area. Avalei mctana lagdela, but not from small to large. Shekolach kachkona chulius chuliusu, because as we said, the whole kona is made up of many rings, and we see various diagrams here. Vechein kol chulia bechulia chulia achas mctana mishteim beraka. So also the entire windpipe is made up of a series of rings, and between each large ring is a small soft ring. Therefore, we have to be able to determine whether it happened before the shkita or after the shkita, and that would be done by recreating it in the similar setting and determining as to whether it looks similar or it doesn't. End of chapter 3.